Hey, so if you're just tuning in with us, I'm Jason Knott. I'm the pastor here at First Dunedin, and I'm so glad uh, that you decided to join us for worship online today, because today is an exciting day. We start a new message series called Anthem of Hope. And so uh, maybe so we can just begin to wrap our mind around this idea of an anthem of hope. Let me, let me first define uh, what I mean by anthem, because this is cool. We might think of uh, when we hear that word anthem, we might think of like the national anthem or, or a choir anthem. Uh, but here's maybe just a basic uh, definition of anthem. It's a rousing, reverent, or revolutionary song that represents the ideas of a particular group of people. I believe that that's what we all need right now. We all need an anthem of hope, a a rousing, reverent, and revolutionary song that we can sing from the top of our lungs that can get us through this, endure us, uh, persevere, and even thrive at this time. So I don't know if you're like me, uh, but music is just kind of this like constant thing throughout my day. I don't have a very good voice. Uh, My wife is quick to point that out to me, Uh, but it doesn't stop me uh, from singing, humming, whistling throughout the day. And and it always kind of gets me through on, on the good days, but particularly on the bad days. And so my question for us, kind of as we begin this new message series is, is this, what song are you singing right now? What, what song are you singing over this season of a global pandemic? Will it be an anthem or a funeral dirge? Will, will it be hopeful or sorrowful? Or, sorrowful? Or, or maybe, will there even be singing at all? And I know... I know that, that this season is, is difficult for, for all of us, but it's also so different for all of us. That for some of you, this might be a time where it seems like it's a little bit of a break, that you can catch your breath, catch up on some projects, reconnect with family in a new way, and, and just breathe. For others of you, I, I know that, that this might be a season that's extremely difficult, that finances are tight, that, that the uncertainty is really scary. There's just the overwhelming sense of loneliness. And I would imagine that for many of us, it's kind of a mixture of the two. We're all going through the same thing, but we're all going through it very differently. And so my hope for us is that as we uh, begin this message series is that it, it would speak to all of us during this time because we all need a little bit of hope. But before I begin to talk about hope, I, I first need to talk about faith uh, because faith and hope, they can easily be confused with each other and, and they do play off of each other, but, but they are two kind of separate things. That for us as, as Christians, our faith is the foundation for our hope. And so first we need to talk about faith. And a lot of times we operate off of a circumstantial faith. And what I mean by circumstantial faith is, is simply this. It's, it's a faith that is based off of our circumstances. I believe in God because 
this happened. I prayed and it came to be. And look, that, that's great, but we also know that there's the other side of that. I prayed and, well, it, it didn't happen. So now where is God? Or maybe something really, really, really difficult happened in, in your circumstances and it leaves you asking, is there a God? We all kind of have this circumstantial faith from one degree to another. And, and there's a place for that. But a faith that is solely propped up on our own ability to see God by interpreting the circumstances of our lives. Well, that's a fragile faith. Because as we all know, life is random. Sometimes things happen in life that, that just don't make any sense at all. And so a circumstantial faith, when faced with the pressures of daily life, it will quickly erode and fade away. But there is a different kind of faith, a, a faith that Jesus passed down to his early followers, a faith that they will not fade. It will not erode. It will not perish. And so today, I want to take us to uh, Peter's first letter to a church that is kind of scattered throughout the area. Uh, they're facing persecution, they're exiled, they're isolated, they're lonely at this time. And yet, Peter encourages them to have a faith that is not based on their circumstances, but a faith that is genuine. And so this is what Peter says to the early church in his first letter, beginning at chapter 1, verse 3. He says, may the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ be blessed. I love that. He begins with uh, just a shout out and a praise to God. On account of his vast mercy, he has given us new birth. You have been born anew into a living hope. Hang on to that. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, there's a lot that's going on here, but, but essentially Peter is saying, hey, Christians, the foundation for your faith is not your circumstances, but the foundation for your faith is a person. It's Jesus. And, and you have to understand Peter's perspective in, in writing this. Peter was Jesus's most faithful disciple. He was the valid Victorian of his class of disciples. But when Jesus died, so too died Peter's hope. Peter's hope of a Messiah, Peter's hope of, of Jesus changing everything, of Peter's hope of, of new life, Peter's hope of a revolution of religion, that when Jesus died, hope died. But, but, when Jesus' lifeless body began to breathe again, so hope began again. And so if you were to ask Peter, why does he follow Jesus? Why, why is he a follower of Jesus? Peter would say, that's easy. It's the resurrection. I, I followed Jesus. I saw him die and my hope died. I thought all was gone. But then I saw him rise and everything became new again. My hope was restored in something greater than it ever was before. You see, we have 
a living hope because we have a living God. Our hope is not dead because our God is not dead. What God did through Jesus is the same thing that God desires to do in each and every one of our hearts today. To give us new life and a new hope. And it's, it's not just wishful thinking. It, it's not just, I hope so. Because there's, there's no certainty there. Peter says it's a living hope. Because we have a living proof through the resurrection of Jesus. We, we have something to anchor our hope to. That just as God raised Jesus from the grave, so too will God give us a new life from our dead places. It's a hope that will never let us down because we have a faith in a God who cannot be kept down. I mean, this is just amazing. And then Peter goes on and he says this in verse four. He says, you have a pure and enduring inheritance that cannot perish, cannot go away. An inheritance that is presently kept safe in heaven for you. Now, this is where it gets really interesting. And I know it might seem confusing what Peter is talking about here. But an inheritance is something that someone leaves behind after they are gone. And Jesus left behind two things for us once he left this earth. The first one he spoke and the second one he lived. That when Jesus rose from the grave and he uh, revealed himself to his disciples, he said, peace be with you. And when those first disciples met Jesus, they saw the wounds in his hands and on his side and he said, peace to you. They were filled with an immeasurable joy. That's our inheritance, peace and joy. But here's the interesting thing about inheritance, or at least how, how we think of that word today. That in order to receive an inheritance, you have to be written into someone's will. That's how inheritances work, right? And so I've, I've seen this before with, with families that, that sometimes people will get written out of or taken out of a will because of something that they said or that they did. That if there's a falling out, then you get written out. And so if you're the bequeathed, the one that's receiving this inheritance, you have to be on your best behavior to the bequeather or else you may be bequeathed nothing. It's just a fun word to say. But, but watch this. God wrote us into the will exactly when we were at our worst. Exactly when we were at our worst point in our behavior. That when we crucified God's own son, that's when we were put into the will to receive eternal life, to receive that peace and that joy that, that we can't possibly comprehend. That's what Peter's talking about, that the inheritance that, that you receive, it can't perish, that there's nothing that, that we could do that God could take this away from us and because there's nothing that we have done to deserve it in the first place. It is purely a gift from God. And it's here to stay. It's an inheritance that has already been 
been guaranteed on the cross. So look at what Peter says next. He says, through his faithfulness, you are guarded by God's power so that you can receive the salvation he is ready to reveal in the last time. You now rejoice in this hope. I hope you're rejoicing at home. I can hear you from there. Shout it out. You rejoice in this hope, even if it's necessary for you to be distressed for a short time by various trials. He's saying, look, these trials are, are temporary, but, but our triumph is eternal. That these, these trials that we're facing right now, I, I know that they're real and I, I know that they're hard, but they're temporary in light of the triumph that we will receive in eternity. He says in verse seven, this is necessary so that your faith may be found genuine. So if there is a genuine faith, then, then maybe there would be a disingenuine faith, a circumstantial faith. He goes on, he says, your faith is more valuable than gold, which will be destroyed even though it is itself tested by fire. Your genuine faith will result in praise, glory, and honor for, when, for you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Although you're, you've never seen him, you love him. Even though you don't see him now, you trust him and so rejoice with the glorious joy that is too much for words. I love that. You are receiving the goal of your faith, your salvation. And so all this, all this to say that our faith is not founded on our circumstance, that, that a genuine faith, a genuine faith is, is one that, that even in spite of our circumstances, that we can still wake up day after day confident in who God is and what God has done in history through Jesus to forgive our sins and give us eternal life. That we can be distressed and joyful. That it's not an either or kind of thing. That, that's the Christian teaching. That we can go through the trials of life and the hard times, and yet we can still rejoice. Not in the circumstances themselves, but in the God who has been through it all before and worse than we have before and has come out on the other side in new life. And that God promises the same thing for you and for me. That's why Peter tells these Christians who are faced with this extremely difficult circumstance, he says, rejoice, <laughs> rejoice. Don't let your faith rise and fall based on your circumstances because your faith, your faith is in Jesus. And so you can have hope no matter what, <laughs> Is going on. You can have hope no matter how dark it gets because the dawn is coming. No matter how beaten down you may feel, resurrection is coming. Hope isn't based on the odds. It's not some mere optimism. Hope is dreaming, even while acknowledging that things may not get any better, at least for the foreseeable future. Now, hope is, is waiting for a future, a future that might be as surprising as a dead man coming to life again. This is our anthem of hope. 
and hope. You know, hope is often born in the most discouraging moments. Have you ever noticed that? That sometimes when we have our greatest hope, it's, it's when we have our greatest deficit, when, when we're in the negative. So hope is, hope is that coming of the dawn in the darkness. Hope, hope is the beginning of the stone to be rolled away from the tomb while it's still dark out. And so hope, hope is not just some gentle thing. Hope is not just some comforting thing. Hope is, is not just a sedative to give us peace and rest. And, and I, I, it does that. But really what Peter's talking about here is hope is, as they say, a shot of adrenaline that pushes us forward to strive after that good future that God promises for us. That thing that we are all anticipating, hoping for, that good future that God says, here, I've laid it out for you. Here is your inheritance. Hope keeps us. And hope keeps us going. And so I'll ask again, just in a simple way, what song are you lifting up over your life right now? Is it an anthem of hope? That's my hope for you, for all of us, that we would raise an anthem of hope, that our song would not grow dim or silent, but that we would raise our voices and shout it out from the top of our lungs that our hope is not dead. Because friends, our God is not dead. Let me pray for you. So holy God, Lord, thank you for new life. Thank you for this inheritance that you have given us purely as a gift. God, for any of us who need to hear that in the depths of our hearts today, that you are a God who gives. You are a God who forgives. You're a God who is vast in mercy. Lord, may your Holy Spirit stir up all of our hearts. Help us to fix our eyes on you, Lord Jesus, that you would be our living hope, that you would keep us going through that you would help us endure. But God, not only that, not only that, but that you would push us forward, that you would help us thrive. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you for your life. Thank you for your new life. Thank you for Jesus. It's in his powerful name that we pray. Amen.